Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So with me today is Tara Scott. So hi, Tara. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am good. And I can't forget your name because right behind you, it says teacher Tara and you can, <laughs> she's got a backdrop there it is on that side. Um, and I was going to put T-A-R-A, but you're T-E-R-R-A. Is that short for anything? No, it's not short for anything, but it does mean earth. My dad okay, so what I thought. He's an earthy guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I love that. It's like, that sounds like, like Tara or... So I, when I reached out to you, I, I don't know if I sent you the picture, but we're side by side at the, pic, at the picture with the bluebells in front of the Eiffel Tower at Trocadero uh, Square. And I had kind of want to work my way through all the pick all group one. Um, and you and I are pretty much splitting center. So I don't know if that was our height or how that we ended up next to each other, but that was our height for sure. It was our height. Okay. So because yeah. I, I was never, never the I tallest one. Tall. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think the I tallest was, of the tallies. You, are, never you, you definitely <laughs> stood out for tall. And then also the, I think on one side of me, I had some of the oldest bluebells that were there at the reunion. And then you and Brianna were probably by far the youngest. And I'm looking at you now when you came on screen, I'm like, you're 20. How could you have done <laughs> the, the shows that long ago? Cause I keep looking at you like, you look like you're 20 years old. So Oh, I know you. if you did Jubilee, that can't be possible. <laughs> no, I did Jubilee 07 to 09. So it was a while ago, <laughs> but yeah, I think we were some of the youngest, but that's, it was so amazing to be there because you were surrounded by people of all decades who shared the same passion as you for dance and um, shared, the, shared the same experience, which was great because no, like if you haven't been in a show like that, you don't really know how amazing it is. So it, it was super fun. And I love doing that photo in front of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, that, that's, I mean, hopefully it'll happen again, but you never know. Yeah. Well, there's a picture from the sixties and I kind of just joked, like we should redo that thinking, you know, we'll all just go walk out there. I didn't realize what a production it was. Like, you know, you had to get the square cleared off so we could be there because it is great we have pictures there's just tourists wandering in the background like what's happening here like who are all these tall ladies um and then to get that many women organized and that we get to be in group one but I loved hanging around watching the other groups take their photos too and like just the camaraderie and just like this is such a unique experience and I know a lot of us have brought it up if you know it was right before COVID so if that had been the year after we would never have had that so there's something of getting to have this magical thing to get us together while we could still do it. And hopefully on the other side of COVID to do it again, will be another thing like, Oh my gosh, this is precious that we get to get together again. And everybody made their schedule work to fly into the city and see the show together. That was, that's another thing. Like, yeah, and absolutely. (laughs) And like how, how people don't quite understand this life when you get out of show business, but when you're there with these people seeing, like we saw the Lido show together and like, screaming and like so appreciative it's like oh it's way more fun to get to do this with people who know like how crazy and wonderful our life was <laughs> yes and who understand and I loved in the beginning everyone's like Woo! 
even before the curtain opens. Oh I'm like, that's gosh. how every show should be. <laughs> I've <laughs> interviewed a few. on the girls and the boys. Yeah. Oh my God. And they said they could feel the energy on the other side of the curtain. So I was, I'd asked a few, like, did you really know who we were? Because when I did the shows, I didn't really know that much about Bluebell history, but this cast does. And I think they might've been prepped a little bit. So that energy because you know what it's like on the other side of the curtain. So it's fun to be yeah. on the other knowing like, oh gosh, they're back there. They're, you know, they just maybe stretch a little bit, put their makeup on and there you go. But right. to know they're that probably, there was. They were probably thinking, oh, we got a good audience today. And, I- <laughs> <laughs> and then we blew them away. <laughs> it was really fun um, to see actually one of my friends still dancing, Leah, uh, who you met and she's now going to be a principal. So that's amazing to see her. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe you're still dancing. Cause I danced with her on cruise ships. So it's, it, it was amazing to be a part of that. But then also still see a fellow friend on this day yeah. as well. Well, when I was stalking you on Facebook, I saw a picture of you with Leah. Cause I have one with Leah but because they did the photo shoot. And I actually titled the, her episode, the goddess in my photos, because oh. I didn't know any of those people. And then, so I've interviewed some. So I'm like, oh, that's Leah who I've interviewed. But I took a picture of her and I told her, like, I got starstruck. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. And she's a show. I went, wait, I was a showgirl too. I forgot. I was also one of those because even though you did that life when they were out there in their full glory of their costumes, you're like, oh my gosh. So yes. I, yeah, saw so the picture of you, you weren't doing it just because she was the uh, promo girl that night. You, you got to take your photo because you knew her. Yeah. Cruise ship days. That's really fun to see somebody, you know. Yeah. So what is your, tell us, let's go backwards in your time, like travel time, time travel. So you, where did you grow up? And then like, what got you into dance? Like, why did you even start it? So I grew up in Weatherford, Texas. It's a really small town. Um, or it was, it, there was only like 16,000 people there. Now there's over 70,000 people there. So super small town. Um, we were lucky we had a dance studio there. Thank goodness. Um, it was Karen Moore Dance Productions. She also had a studio in Fort Worth, Texas and Weatherford. So uh, that was a privilege to be a part of. And my mom put me and my sister in dance. And I remember when my sister was taking dance and I couldn't because I was still too young. Just I remember I, that young being like, I want to dance. Um, I want to go to the studio with my sister. And but finally at age three, uh, my mom put me into dance class. So I've been dancing since three years old. <laughs> Do you much. remember? I know that's a long time. I didn't start till seven, but I remember my first class. I remember what it looked like. I remember what what I, I was wearing no. at three. You remember like, it. You know how dance studios smell? They smell like yeah. dance shoes. Like I just, I love the way they smell. I remember the smell. I remember the, the, you know, the wooden floor, like feeling the floor on my feet, even as a kid, you know? So, and wow. I remember my teacher, I looked up to her a lot. I just thought she was so cool. <laughs> you know? It's like, I want to be her when I grow up. Um, did you start out with ballet or did you get, get to try like the ballet tap ballet movement? Tap jazz, like jazz. all three kind of thing and I don't remember because I mean my mom will probably remember but I don't remember if they did like 15 minutes ballet 15 minutes jazz 15 minutes tap like all in one day or if I had separate days because you know as you get older you you take the classes on a different day because each 
classes an hour. So, yeah. but I don't remember how they did it when I was younger. Was yeah, that three-year-old <laughs> short attention span. It's like, keep them busy, keep changing it up, change the shoes. Right. Well, before we recorded, I, cause I, I was telling you how everything I've ever heard of Texas is that it is serious. It's competitive. It's supported. Like I have a, a dancer here in Seattle that came from Texas. She said like the arts are supported in the schools. There's funding for dance. It's not like, yeah. oh, that's some fluffy little thing. And usually sports gets all the money and all the adoration. But Texas, I have friends that also like judge competitions and they said, oh, when we get to Texas, it is serious. And I, and I want to talk about your overlap with cheer because also Texas is known for like their cheer things. So a lot of the people I've interviewed, they grew up watching musicals or they were in the ballet world. And I've never interviewed who, anyone who came out of the tech, like that kind of like competitive, high reaching, like athleticism yeah. of dance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very competitive. I, Got into, so my dad had taken us out of dance, but then two years later I started doing PB cheer and then I did tumbling a year later and gymnastics realized I was too tall for gymnastics eventually. So stop that. Um, always went back to dance. Um, always loved dance. Uh, in junior high, I did cheerleading, super competitive. Um, we had judges pick us, but then also once once you become one, you do the competitions every year. That's like a huge thing, especially um, maybe not so much with my school, but if you're in a, there's a lot of cheer, like all-star cheer competitions outside of school as well that are very competitive. Some people do both. So I ended up doing both cheer and dance in high school and did competitions with with those two. And that was amazing and so much fun. And I don't know how I did it all because I was also in AP classes and made all A's and, and I was doing all these extracurricular activities and volunteering and working at my church. And then I was doing cheer and dance. And I'm like, oh I, look around, I'm like I don't know how I did all of that. Wow. I have no idea. Cause I was like the energizer bunny back then, <laughs> but yeah. So it was very competitive. And I think also because growing up, you think the only thing professional you can do is Dallas Maverick dancers and Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. So that kind of combined and eat, like the cheerleading helps my dance and the dance helps my cheerleading for sure. Like they, yeah. no one had done that at my school, except my dance team director. Who's amazing, by the way. <laughs> shout out to Nika Carter. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good shout out. We'll tell you. Because I think I've seen like how dance comp uh dance teams, like you, there's you know, they're doing double pirouettes back a while now. I'm sure it's triple or quadruple quadruple, but then oh. they have to be gymnast and tumbling. And then I don't know, were you guys doing those lifts where they like kind of throw you up and balance? Yes. That I was oh, never one lifted because I'm so just very tall. I was always the back person so I could hold their, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so, um, cause we didn't have many males on our high school cheerleading team. We had one, which was amazing actually, because before that it was all girls. So thank goodness we got a male. And, um, now I think it's gotten better. I hope so. I haven't really been to a game or watched or kept up with the weather for high school years <laughs> ago. Um, but I hope that you know, the dance team and the cheerleading, the, the competition level 
just kept going up and up. I hope so for the, for the younger girls' sakes. Um, but really, even more so when I got to college, I had a full dance scholarship to McLennan Community College, who was on, who had won the NDA National Dance Alliance uh, competition the year before. And NDA and NCA are kind of like sort of combined, but I remember we had to do fotes all together. We had to do our double turns out of them, you know, our switch leaps, like it, it, it was intense. <laughs> like we even had toe touches in there. Like this dance team was so much fun. And I was just so happy to even be on the dance team and have that experience going to Daytona, doing the NDA competition and placing. So that was, wow. that one was even more competitive. And like, I remember <laughs> dance camp, um, <laughs> the four days and three nights, I swear I only got four hours of sleep because we were rehearsing late and we were rehearsing early. And I just don't remember sleeping, but I remember coming home from dance camp and sleeping for like 17 hours. I was that tired because it was just, how does your body do? Cause I know it's super demanding what the cheer was and that, and those dance teams look like, I mean, I don't know. I remember watching cheer on Netflix about just watching like, you know, shin splints and hip stuff. And, but in your, uh, how, you're also when you're young, you, you bounce, but. Yeah. Well, I don't remember a lot of pain back then. <laughs> I do now. Um, right. <laughs> I, I wish I could feel like that again. Like I felt like invincible back in like 18 to 21, I think was, yeah. was at my peak. Um, and then once I started dancing, so the next dance thing I did was Disney World. And yeah, can started, you tell about that? Cause didn't you get the Academy? The, so, um, after McLennan community college, I went to UNT, um, not for dance, just, I needed a break after that year. <laughs> and my sister was there. So if I had family there, I saw an ad for the Walt Disney world college program. And I thought, well, that would be an adventure. Let's do that. So, and I wasn't tied to a dance team yet at the time. Again, I had thought about it in the future, but that ended up not happening. Um, thank goodness. Cause, uh, other bigger things happen. Um, but so I went to the, do the Disney college program, saw the shows and the parades there and was just bewildered because, you know, growing up in Texas, you think the only dance thing you can do is Dallas Cowboy Trailers, Dallas Maverick dancers, those kind of things. You don't think that you can make money dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was never in my head. I was supposed to do like commercial real estate. My major was business real estate, but, um, I ended up, uh, so after the Disney college program, went back to college, got my piece of paper, my degree, <laughs> and then it went right back. Uh, I was offered a really good job in commercial real estate, but I turned it down because I was just like that, just the sound of that depresses me. So I decided just to go back to Disney audition, get into characters. And then, um, eventually with persistence, I called like the casting person Soraya every Thursday. When are you auditioning for Fessel Lion King? I want to be in that show. 
finally she answered the third or fourth week. I don't remember which one it was. And she was like, I've gotten all your calls, Tara. <laughs> I was like, yes, she knows my name. <laughs> you know, but that's important. All the that's... people that gets that very point. It was all who you know. Um, and persistent. so she was like, we'll post the names in January. And then you, that's the audition for the show. And then from there, just look for the, the post with your name on it. Like, if it has your name on it. And I was like, okay. So January came, my name was on it. I auditioned, I got on the show. It was so much fun. It was like a dream come true. Cause I, I was like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to dance. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, like, cause I mean, in college I had thought about Broadway, but at that time I was like, no, that's not my thing. Like, I want to focus most on dancing because dancing is my, my love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and singing. I love singing and acting so I'm still doing acting now but uh not really much of the dancing obviously I had to stop that five years ago but yeah so so did you said too like the characters you 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 can't just come in in one of the big productions you have to start as a character at Disney for for like some of the shows so for the parades they had some dancers and parades back then for um the festival lion king show now the other ones beauty of the beast and eventually finding nemo uh those are all equity auditions which i did go to at the time but i never got called back for those i think i i think my height was an issue because the they weren't hiring many tall girl dancers in those shows <laughs> at, the, at the time I was there. There was yeah. a time when they're hiring six foot tall girls in Beauty and the Beast. But when I was there, the tallest girl was five foot eight. Mm. So, and I'm five, 10 and a quarter. So yeah, I guess <laughs> I was, I was out, yeah. but I was happy with Festival Lion King. And I actually did not want to leave. Like I loved that show so much. But my best friend who was in the show with me as well, there was a flyer for the Jubilee audition in the green room at Festival Lion King. And he was like, Tara, that's so the show for you because your height, blah, blah, blah. And and I wasn't going to go. I really, I wasn't going to, I was like, I'm happy here. Like, I love doing this show. Like, I was so happy that, um, He's like, we'll just go and think of it as like a free dance class. And so I was like, hmm, that's a good idea. (laughs) Uh, So I went and I ended up getting the call four weeks, three or four weeks later that uh, they wanted to hire me. And I was like, okay, because it was double the money that Disney was paying me per week. So I was like, I can't turn down this opportunity. I might not get it again. And at that time, Disney had... A thing where you could go from full-time to seasonal so I could come back once a year and do the show if I wanted to so hmm. that so the thought that I would be able to come back and do the show I was like okay I'm fine with leaving and doing this new adventure opportunity thing so and then I ended up at Jubilee and I just I loved it Two did you years, know that was like the you, best dance years <laughs> did you know anything about those shows Cause you know, you went from like dance only professional is to be a cheerleader and then you get Disney and then there's this whole, you know, yeah. Vegas and big shows. Did you have any idea what it was or had you ever seen anything? I had no clue what it was. I had never even been to Vegas. 
I, I had no idea. And growing up, like I'm well-traveled now, but back then I had only been to Florida, Indiana, and Texas pretty much. So, um, yeah, I had never even heard of the show, <laughs> but I ended up going and doing it and I was so happy I did. <laughs> so I always like to ask, like, cause sometimes people audition like on that stage in, in Vegas and then they start rehearsals, do the show, but, or they don't, or they see the show after the audition or you see the show and then you audition, like you had already auditioned in Florida. So when you went there, I did you, you never see it. So did you guys get to see the show before you started rehearsals? So you see what you're part of? I think so. I think she had us come in. I, I don't remember which happened first. If rehearsal happened before seeing the show, I'm pretty sure she probably had us see the show first. So, um, yeah, did I you went work, in. I, I did guess you work I with Jonah? Oh, sorry. Did you work oh, with Jonah? Yeah, yeah, he was there when I was there. Uh-huh. Because Jonah's description of watching the show for the first time had me in tears. It was so good, but he was like, and then this one's coming out of the ceiling and, and he had never seen anything like that either. He'd done cruise ships yeah. before, but it is interesting to like people's reaction to like, what? Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's like, if you, but then you, you, you're, how many people did they hire with you? I, you? I remember thinking, how the heck do they have all those people on the stage at once? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a big stage, but it was a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I remember when they first came down thinking, oh, they look so gorgeous. And then they went back up and then the show starts and then the elevator comes up with the bluebells. And uh, that was, I loved it because they had the mirror behind. Yeah. Um, it was just super, super cool. Um, and honestly, when I watched the show, I, <laughs> like, I was amazed, but I was also confused I was like what's the story what's the plot like I was expecting uh, like a storyline kind of like a Broadway show so yeah. I was very like I, I is this because I'm blonde or like I don't <laughs> get the story <laughs> like I was very confused well yeah especially when you got the Titanic and Samson and Delilah which have nothing to, to do, do with each other I was just like I don't get it <laughs> like if this is my blonde coming through I don't know <laughs> but, um but then at rehearsals they kind of explained to us because I asked the dance captain I was like I don't understand the storyline and she's like there's not one <laughs> like, okay <laughs> I was like oh my great gosh, I love that. Wow. <laughs> um uh so yeah and then I remember rehearsals were like midnight to 4 a.m which was interesting <laughs> I was like because they had the the, the stage was booked during the day with all sorts of shows so you can only rehearse at night which was I mean that's kind of cool that's a cool story and then yeah, I, yeah. I, I the and I remember even like we never really had a full-on dress rehearsal of the show like you could wear like some of the backpacks and the headpieces but because you were taking someone else's uniform that was leaving because as you leave the show they're taking your uh, uniforms after each dance, after each last yeah. dance you have so that they can work on it for the next girl. And uh, I just remember being so scared the first sh like actual show because I was like, we don't have a dress rehearsal, like a full on dress rehearsal. Like it was so stressful. I'm like, how am I going to get my costumes on me on time? Like, <laughs> I don't know what did I'm you doing. go in a couple numbers at a time or did you go into everything all at one one time everything all at once oh you did okay no, there's different that, ways at the, at that time that's what they were doing with us because 
I mean, we could rehearse with the headpieces and backpacks, but not the whole costume. So I freaked out about that a little because I was like, what if I can't like button this or what? Like, you know, it ended up working because you have the wardrobe people there to help you all the time. Do you remember your first show, what it felt like? Were you panicked or did you get to go? Because it sounds like you love performing. Did you get to experience that right away or did that take a little bit of time to kind of ease into feeling like you were not stressed? Yeah. So the first day I was pretty much I wasn't, I don't, I was more panicked and had more anxiety about, okay, I got to get on the right spot. I got to get my costume on. We gotta, but well, with a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> so you put those acting skills to, uh, to, to, uh, to work. Um, but the first day I didn't really sit back and enjoy my first day. Cause I was, I was like, I got to get everything right. <laughs> I got to get my costume on correctly. I do not want to mess up. Um, but then eventually you get to wear like, you know, 12 shows a week towards the end, you could do it in your sleep. You know, you're just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> 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 it's like, you don't even have to think about it anymore. <laughs> so yeah, after a couple of weeks, it was, it was pretty routine, but still so much fun. It was, I just, I loved it. And I loved, uh, I remember the first time coming up on the elevators on the actual show in the bluebell part, it was, I don't know. You just felt so pretty. Yeah. Oh my God. That's the part that stands out. Like we were gorgeous. Yes. And I love, oh, one of my favorite costumes, which it's, I don't know if it's anyone else's, but was the long purple gown that was like worth seven or eight thousand dollars that we got to dance in twice a night. The it, it was for ballroom. Okay. Uh, for the ballroom dance, which wasn't the like the the favorite number or anything, but that was my favorite costume. I loved that long purple gown. <laughs> I, I always wanted to go to an actual ball in that dress. And when I left, oh my like, can I take this dress with me? Wow. <laughs> I'm taking this dress home. (laughs) I wish. I think now they're just collecting dust in the basement at Bally's, which is so sad. Yeah, I think there's some mystery of where they, there's some that Grant Filippo has at the museum, the Showgirl Museum in Vegas. Like the show I was in, Karen Burns has actually, like she, she paid and preserves them and she like will rent them out and she'll also do different talks about the show. So she's, I got to go see those a few months ago and, and just like see some of the costumes I wore, but I think it's one of the very few shows that anybody knows. Cause I've heard stories. They had to go burn them in the desert for insurance reasons. The shows over. I'm like, no, that's like what? sacrilege. Like just see these beautiful things destroyed. And I think Jubilee, there's some people that's a lot that, of you know, money. Well, I can't see them burning it. Yeah. And I was like, we could have those ball guns now. We could wear them just, you know, around. Yeah, I'll go wear them downtown. Fremont <laughs> Street, I'll fit right in. <laughs> going a cruise ship for, and then for, for Hollywood. Night. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you like doing the show? Did you um, feel like I can do like at Disney? You weren't ready to leave. You were loving it. Did you have that similar feeling with Jubilee? Oh, some yeah. people get antsy after a while. Some like I am in my zone. No, I just so in my my thought process. So while I was there, I learned about all these other things you could do with dance, like cruise ship, and there was the show in Guam, and I was like, that sounds fun. And I still wanted to at that point. I one of my goals was to get to New York and audition for Broadway, just 
to be able to do it because I knew that if I lived life and I never went, I would regret it. So these were more ideas that were popping in my head. And after two years, no, I, I didn't like, I was there two years and I didn't want to leave. I had to force myself to leave really to experience other things. Like I did not want to leave. Um, I loved it there. Absolutely loved it. And even, and I was in my young twenties, right? So it was just so much fun being in Vegas and being a showgirl in Vegas because you go to the nightclubs and you know, the promoters and the promoters loved the showgirls coming. So you get free entry, free table, free alcohol. You're treated like a queen. Yeah. And it was just so great. And I miss those days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, so I had to basically tell myself, okay, I have to leave now so I can experience these other things, but I can always come back. So I had to tell myself that. Uh. So right after Jubilee, I actually got into rehearsals for, for fantasy. I was never in the show, but I got hired, um, to start the rehearsal process. And Anita, she does things differently with that show. When she enters new girls, it's like one girl at a time, or like you do two numbers at a time. And she like, sees. I I don't really know how how any of that works but I was very like well am I in gonna be in the show am I not gonna be in the show like I don't I don't know what I'm doing like <laughs> you have me in rehearsals but there's no like set date that I'm going to be in the show so I was very confused by that whole process but I ended up getting uh, an offer from Jean and Ryan to do the Norwegian Pearl. And I work for Jean Ann. Yeah. Did she come to Vegas to audition? Because I know that she did. Certain that cities that she knows. Okay, Vegas, you've got a lot more option for good dancers. And sometimes, like a lot of times, her people don't want to go to LA or New York because those people don't want to leave. Like if you're in New York, you don't want to give up your apartment in New York. Same with LA. Like I got to yeah. stick it out. But if you go to Vegas and those people, are like, okay, there's way more options. And they're also well trained dancers that, that can do. Because a cruise ship, I mean, I know Jean Ann has all, I think Brianne, Brianne gave her some credit too of training her in the showgirl style. I think mean, she'd already done it in Jubilee, but there, there is some of that in those ships too. Like, you, you know, might go through the decades, yeah. but there is that glamour. You, you already had a, a head start on that. A lot of young kids come in there and they're like, what is this? Yeah. I, because of Jubilee, I kind of already knew the, the sea legs was one of the shows we did. That was very showgirly rockette type lots of kicks <laughs> um oh and it'd be so funny when the cruise ship rocked back mm-hmm. and, forth and the kick line just like okay we're all going to the right okay now we're going to the left <laughs> like, we're, just, we're kicking with the boat <laughs> i just oh it was so much fun um I remember the audience because they're rocking. So they don't realize that it's rocking because they're moving with you. They don't understand how hard, hard that is because they're also yeah. moving. But I remember you'd doing be on the a- steer beveling and you'd be like, wait, oh, I got to move over here. And now I got to move. This yeah. <laughs> You're like trying to stay in one spot for like a while. And it's like, you can't bevel and with the ship moving like that. That was probably one of the craziest. Crazy. I remember doing cartwheels and you would put your hands down and sometimes the, the ship would go down. So it was further for your hands. And then we used to do like pike jumps. And I remember oh, some of the yeah. ship would come up. And so you would like jam your legs because ah. the floor was now higher than it was 
or, it or if it's going side to side or like you're trying to do some kind of turn and you're going downhill. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Jubilee, you had to deal with moving Definitely elevators. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so you went from elevators and floors moving to now like the whole ship, your whole yeah. stage is now rocking and rolling. Yeah. Which, oh, wh- by the way, I was there the one time the stage and Jubilee got stuck like the second one and the third there's like a back one the middle one and the front one and they got stuck or something and they were stuck for a while well the second the the third one was stuck like above stage level the bottom the front one was okay it was like all the way down in the basement but the middle one was like five feet from the bottom of the basement and it wouldn't move up or down and it was kind of crooked. And I, I was on the side dancing on the two circle, there were two like rotating. Oh, the proscenium. Yeah. yeah. And you look at the main stage and you, cause you heard a scream. Like I heard, actually heard the guys or the girls scream because the third stage is going like this and I remember because I looked at uh, Jonah's face. Jonah was actually on that stage. And I just remember his face being like, like, am I going to fall to my death? Oh my God. Like it was nuts. And one of the girl, like some of the girls had to jump off of the second elevator at the bottom. That was like five feet from the floor. They had people helping them, but I was like, I wouldn't have jumped off of that. (laughs) But it, it was just a mess. And Shannon at the time, he was a singer. He had to sing like two or three extra songs. And then Stacy had to come in and sing a couple of songs until they could fix it with the curtain down. It was just wild. Um, and I wonder if the audience had any idea that that was all filler. Oh, they, they had to know that something was going on. <laughs> and the show was an extra like probably 20 minutes of Stacy and Shannon. <laughs> just so fun like I will never forget that that is one of the funniest I mean it was scary at the time but it's so funny to look back on and it's like yep that happened like- yeah oh my <laughs> so a rocking ship yeah no big deal so I do you have yeah, any so costume going disasters? back and forth I was like this is this is yeah fun. I got this the stage isn't getting stuck <laughs> right you're not and you might to fall death. to your death like did you but- ever have any costume disasters because I think the amount of things that were piled on us, like I've heard of people's headpieces getting caught going up in the curtain when the curtain went up. I mean, there's always, I had a few of my own, but it's like, oh, wait, how can you do a show for two years and not have something go wrong with a costume? If you didn't, then you win. Cause I don't know anyone who got, got through those shows without having something fall off. Or I just stuck. remember some of the jewels falling off, but I don't remember any sort of malfunction with my costumes. I don't remember. I'm not saying there wasn't, there could have been. And I just don't yeah. remember because my memory is really bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I can't like, I can't think of anything. I, that's I'm sorry. I just can't no, think no, no, of okay. my costumes also- functioning. I remember the head pieces would hurt and you'd get a little like bent in your head. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the the things that were pumped. I had one of like on in Jean Ann Ryan's one of those shows there, the, the Mylar beads we had skirts. I remember we're shenning towards each other in a way and our, and our things got wrapped. So we went, we got stuck oh. together. And so we were trying oh, to like yeah. move together without it. So like, even in the small shows with not even that fancy of a costume, like, Oh, I can find a disaster. 
I can yeah. be part of a disaster oh, on stage. Oh, the, the cruise ship costumes were a mess. Like, I think something happened every night with the sea leg show with me. Because <laughs> and I, I had, um, I was one of the people with, like in between each number, I had the least amount of time out of all of the, the I'm, why are they doing this to me? <laughs> like, it wasn't like that at first. It was because, you know, some girls, three girls left on injury, new girls came in. I had to do this other part. So parts were switching around, but some of the costume changes, like I couldn't even make it to the stage on time. And you're used to cut. It's not like you weren't used to fast changes. You had already done that before. Yeah. It was like, okay, you got 20 seconds to get out of this one and into this one. And I'm like, "Ah, I hope my, I hope my boobs in. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot one thing. (laughs) Right. If not, these people are going to get an extra show that they (laughs) did not expect. Um, Oh my gosh. So what was that? Cause you said like you went going from the biggest show and going smaller because some people did cruise ships and then end up in the big show you did the same thing i did going to one of the biggest shows in the world and then a cruise ship smaller like even how you're treated or how or what the lifestyle is like what was that what, what was that contrast that was good or challenging as far like you know like even mending your own well they say on cruise ships the cast can make or break your um contract and that is so 100 percent true so I mean, this isn't all of them, but I just went in with a very, because even some of the girls that came in later that had been there before said, man, your cast was really snooty. Like that. And this girl had done a lot of contracts on the Pearl, but she did say that later on, um, when I saw her outside of the cruise ship, she was like, yeah, I remember coming on the cruise ship and thinking, yeah, this cast is kind of snotty, but I mean, I, figured that out the first two weeks on the cruise ship. And I was just like, you know what? I need to find other people to hang out with. So I ended up hanging out with the jewelry sales people and the art auctioneers who were so much fun and they would actually go out and they weren't catty at all. So Jubilee was like family and everyone was friends, you know, and then to go from that camaraderie to that, like my cast, my cruise ship experience unlike other people's was probably not as good, <laughs> but the dancing, the shows were awesome to do. I loved that. Like that was worth yeah. it. And then the places that you went and then the international people and friends that you meet, um, like the art auctioneers, like I know someone in Austria now and Sweden that I can go visit if I wanted to. Yeah. It like, that's, that's what made the cruise ship worth it for me, for sure. <laughs> that's a hard thing. Cause you can't get away from each other. Cause I know that, yeah, I don't know if you, cause your roommates are the same people you work with, who you're eating with. Who, and so you have to, like, I don't know if we had and like, halfway through like my roommate, like me and her were really close. Like she was awesome. And then she injured her ankle and she had to go home. So, and then it was just like, I don't know. Yeah. The last three months was like, can I uh, go home now? <laughs> like, the only thing that kept me there was the shows. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I have to ask a weird question. Um, when I was on the ships, it was just known that dancers da- uh, date drummers or divers. Did you guys even have divers? They were the ones that would take divers? people on excursions. They, they would oh. take people snorkeling. And it was just a thing like for years, it's like you're on the ships like, well, of course you dated a drummer or a diver. You don't, uh-huh. a, yeah, drummer. It had to be the D's, dancers, divers, and drummers. So if you were out with jewelry thing, I didn't know that was an option that there were other people. <laughs> I um I ended up dating one of the personal trainers on the ship, 
and then because you get really close really fast on yeah because you're yeah. stuck there's you don't really um, go on dates on ships either because it's like you're already living on a date yeah yeah right um, <laughs> but uh but then that ended up not working out and then I went out with one of the art auctioneers that he had joined the ship later on in the contract and he actually like that got me through to the end of the contract for sure because I was having a bunch of fun with him like going out and doing stuff and some adventures in Alaska because I was the last month of my contract was in Alaska oh wow so we started the Caribbean and then we did the whole like shift through um mexico panama canal like we went through panama canal so that was an experience of a lifetime yeah <laughs> um, wow climbed a volcano in guatemala zip line in costa rica like all the other stuff and then came up to a lot uh, to la seattle and all the places in canada that and then alaska so the, it was a lot of places that uh. Was just amazing. Wow! wow, wow. <laughs> did you was it a six month contract you did? I think it was a nine month. I felt like nine months, but maybe it was just six months. <laughs> it's I think because I love this shit, but I was also getting antsy. I would think of things like bowling, which I don't care if I bowl. I was just mad that I couldn't bowl because you can only right. do. But you can or also find a bowling alley on it. Oh you wow! Could you have bowled on the pearl. It <laughs> <laughs> was an upgrade from what we had, but I just was thinking. So did you just be like, okay, I'm done? Because the other places you kind of had to be convinced yourself it was time to leave. On the ship, you knew it was time to go, right? Did you oh, have yeah, something no, lined I was, up? I was ready. I had to get out of there. I was like, God, no, I'm not, not, not again unless I have my own cabin or I'm a singer. Yeah. Because there was another thing like the officer status versus like being below deck was very different. Um, yeah. And if you had officer status, you could get away with like, wearing certain clothes and you didn't have to wear a name tag around and I just thought it was a lot of from you know the captain and all them like very power control-ish and I don't like that like there's so many rules about and I'm just like stop trying to control me (laughs) yeah do my shows go to the port do my thing (laughs) you know like um because you know they had so many rules I think one of the girls she had one week left and she had just, I guess, had it. She was done and she, you're not supposed to like fraternize with the passengers, but she made out with a guy at the nightclub, one of the passengers like a week before. I'm like, you could have just waited one more week. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, whatever, I'm out. <laughs> like, Did they like, fire her or make her leave yeah. early? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. You can't be with any passengers. So she, <laughs> Yep. They fired her. <laughs> wow. So if you do want to meet someone, it really is. It has to be crew and you have to, cause that gets messy yeah. too. Cause if it doesn't I, work, you're like, I've oh, here we are. yeah, I've heard so many stories of people meeting someone on a cruise ship and getting married to them. And I'm just like, wait, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. because, you know, cruise life is so different than land life. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did you make that work? over here <laughs> yeah because you are like when talking about bubbles now with COVID, it's, it really is a bubble and yeah. then I remember getting back home and like oh, I have to do my own laundry and, uh-huh. and I remember I remember like I don't think we did the mints there but I worked in Bermuda and we had like housekeeping and so we'd go oh, nice. every night your bed was turned down had a mint on my pillow so when I moved back home I'm like well, where's my mint like I have to buy <laughs> toilet paper like I just the things you just don't have to deal with on those it's wonderful and I loved how you had said too about the fishnets because it 
Jubilee, everything that needs to be repaired, the wardrobe people do it. But was it on the ship that you said you handed someone? Yeah. I was like, oh, my tights have some holes in it. And I handed them to Neely, who is our, she basically just washed her costumes. That's all she really did. I think I don't, or sewed them back up if there was rips in them, but she didn't do tights. And I handed her my tights and I was like, this has a couple of holes in it. And I was used to Jubilee. They just did them all the time. And she was like, uh, Tara, I don't do that. That's your responsibility. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I so fishnets. I mean, I learned how to sew in seventh grade, but that's completely different than right. sewing fishnets. Fishnets is a whole thing. I think I could still do. It. I remember learning. It's a whole interesting art form to make it match. And yeah. those ladies back in the wardrobe that were doing that, like, all throughout the show because those rhinestones like to I was like you could shred your ties just getting it hooked on one little rhinestone the little oh. metal part it's like how we yeah. weren't bleeding is also interesting oh, so yeah. did you have did you have something lined up yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. Did you have something? I remember bleeding a couple times right. yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to do a fast change and you're like pulling like rhinestones you're like, like oh. rip oops <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my skin somebody they were talking about the, getting a sunburn with fishnets too is like when you oh, get a bad sunburn yeah. and you have to put fishnets over a sunburn it's like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and in um jubilee you couldn't tan because she didn't want any tan lines on so if you tanned you had to like tan in a tanning bed or like do the spray and i did spray one night and i came to the show and everyone was like you're so orange and john kept oh, no going, oopa loompa oopa <laughs> in the house <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then also as a funny story. I was like, I was too. trying to look nice and dark for the show. You know, I'm orange. <laughs> <laughs> Which under show lights, I bet that's probably another color. Right? So after after, after like, the ship, did you have, because then on the ship too, and you worked with Leah, who we're so excited. We're celebrating that the show yeah. opens and yeah. she moved up to Sublime, one of the principals. So there's a cast member that was really good to work with because there is like those gems, like when it is sometimes difficult personally in those shows and you get a couple people that are like yeah. sane and good to be with it's like oh thank god that they're here yeah leah leah jade leah and jade had come they had already done shows in paris and then they had come on the ship and they were so hilarious jade was so funny like and leah was gorgeous as always and um it, yeah they were like two two of the good ones because <laughs> um, there was someone else who had come from moulin rouge and i just i did not get along with her because i've heard something it could be almost <laughs> like we were in paris i mean but that depends on the attitude of or yeah. you could have been like i worked in vegas i mean you could come as snobby or you could i could have but i chose not to i like to be nice to people right. i'm a firm believer in karma and all that other stuff and i remember her stories um the other girl she would be like oh yeah i sat next to this one girl who would have like one bite of a granola bar a day and i was like oh my god that's not good i'm like (laughs) she's gonna have some issues later on in life but um anyway i was like no i'm like if she was surrounded or if she was next to a girl like that in moulin rouge i'm like maybe that's where she gets her I don't know. Or maybe she was just jealous because sometimes, you know, you come in as a tall blonde girl. <laughs> girls, girls get jealous easily. And I don't know. I'm that's just like, you're all beautiful. Like, yeah. That's why you put a lot of pretty girls in a dressing room or like on a cruise ship together, or like, there, you know, there's going to, there could be cattiness or like, well, you don't have to compete with each other. We already got the job, but it yeah. is an in- interesting. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Did so you? So the cruise ship was like Jubilee was not Jubilee was all like family friends like oh I loved Jubilee and all the people there. Uh, cruise ship was a little but and then right after the cruise ship I did I did actually end up getting that show in Guam, and it was kind of a little hostility when I first got on there very lots of drama within the cast again and I was like oh god here we go again oh. but I ended up loving the show that was actually one of I loved that show too like um there was this one number called fast track and it was jazzy and funky and kind of put that like cheer dance in there and the, oh my god it, who's produ- it, what production who's a producer for that it was the company so at the time the show was called dream and it was at sand castle and Baldiga Enterprises is the one who's oh. in charge of that. And so Sandcastle is still there in Tumon, Guam. Oh. I don't believe they're doing the show right now because of COVID. And most of their tourists come from Japan, Korea, China. Like, so they're not doing the show right now because um, they're over there, you know, by oh, here's here's Japan, here's Hawaii, here's Australia, and there's Guam right there. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah so because tourists aren't really coming there right now yeah not doing the show right now uh and they also have one in saipan and now the show is different it's not called dream anymore it used to be uh we had a magician and we had tigers and we had um some acrobats it was super fun it was like Cirque du Soleil but Guam style <laughs> so I had no idea all these shows were still in existence I, I thought oh, most yeah. of them had gone away and I found that I'm finding out like Spain and oh my gosh Spain Germany a- like yeah, yeah Spain has a big show in Germany in Berlin there's shows like I just kind of thought the Moulin Rouge and the Lido and then I found out there's more even in Paris than I knew so I'm like Hey, because maybe at least if we if that stays, and maybe some things will come back. Because I think of all these yeah. younger dancers that have no idea that this that have no opportunity. Yeah, to, they take away these shows, and it's like, well, they've taken away some great memories for these people. I don't, yeah, I don't like the shows disappearing. Um, yeah, I think I almost did a contract in Germany, uh, like. I don't even remember when 2015 or 14, it was after Guam and after New York. Um, so yeah, after I did Guam, I saved a bunch of money and I ended up going to New York and doing the whole hustle thing, audition, work, okay. work audition, work, um, had a little audition journal would look back to see who they called back. If I wasn't called back and be like, Oh, okay. All those girls are five foot tall. Don't come back to this audition. <laughs> I'm too tall oh. for the show. Too tall for the show. And it was like very eye opening because I guess most of the lead males on Broadway are five ten. I'm like, why can't they have like taller men on Broadway? Yeah. So aggravating. Because then they put you know the three inch character heels on the females, and then you're taller than the leads. It just it, it like it looks weird unless yeah. um, you do something like a show with kids and there's a teacher in the show or like those kind of shows. Um, But I ended up, so I loved New York and I loved, I ended up doing a lot of showgirl gigs in New York. Really? Um, Raquel productions and screaming Queens productions. And my friend Maria Kent was uh, there um, who Brianne, Brianne actually went, came into the show, I think with Maria into Jubilee, but Maria is now in New York has her own production company, but she kind of helps me get in with all of the showgirl companies when I lived in New York. So I could do the showgirl gigs because 
you know, it's, it's expensive to live there. (laughs) Yeah. Were they like just corporate gigs or were they like running a a show that ran or were they more like event things? It, it depended on what it was. It was all sorts of things, both. So, um, majority of the time you're in the showgirl costume and you're like audience, appeal or you're standing there looking pretty one of the ones we did it or a couple of them it was an actual dance and we danced at the new york library um so that was super cool to do a little <laughs> showgirl dance and it was to uh new york new york that to that song so that was cool but it was really hard to do kicks to that song because it's slower oh yeah oh, <laughs> it's right. like dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> can we pick up the speed like yeah. it was like super like i just remember the kicks it, it but it put a smile on our face because we would all be laughing doing the kicks because it was just such a slow tempo um <laughs> But yeah, so it was some gigs, some did a little dance thing. It, it was super fun. It was all very random stuff. And um, so then I read this article on Brenda Strong. I don't know if you know who she is, but she was the narrator in Desperate Housewives. She plays a mom on uh, Gilmore Girls, Dawson's Creek. She was like in all those shows, like as a mom role. And I read this article on her. She's six foot tall, right? And she said she was a musical theater major. When she first graduated, she moved to New York, realized she was too tall for a lot of things there. So then decided to move to LA. And obviously it worked out really well for her. (laughs) Uh, So in the back of my mind, I was like, well, maybe that's where I should go next. Maybe that's my next step. Uh, So I ended up uh, leaving New York And I had some time in Texas, just a little bit of time, then went to LA. And then I was in LA for about a year. Uh, And then I got offered the Rock of Ages show in Colorado, (gasps) which I don't know if you've seen that show. I've only seen the, I haven't seen the Broadway. I just watched the movie again the other night. Oh my gosh. Well, you would love the show. It's even better than the movie. It's so good. It's 80s rock songs. Love music's amazing. Yes, the music's amazing. I saw it on Broadway. I was like, I'd love to do that, but the girls are like five foot tall. So I was like, there's no way I'll ever get that. But the one that they did in Colorado, the Sherry that they picked, um, who's the main yeah. one of the main, uh, roles, was five foot ten and blonde, and they needed someone to do the Dream Sherry dance role, like in the ensemble. So they were looking at strictly five foot ten blonde girls. Yes. And I, didn't that. And I was like, yes, for once my height is going to give me a show and not be like, no, you can't do this one. Um, so I got to do that. And it was during that show when I realized, oh my gosh, I don't know how many, like how much more dance years I have in me left. Cause my neck started hurting really bad. I had bad muscle spasms, pinched nerves. My hip was weird. My knee was weird. <laughs> And I started getting this heart thing and I was like, oh, that's probably just like me getting old. Like everyone gets that, um, which further on down the road, I realized, oh, not that, that, that wasn't just a heart thing. So that's like, that's when my transition kind of started. I kind of thought about, okay, well, what am I going to do after this? But my plan was after rock of ages, move back to Vegas, work a lot of trade shows, then move back to LA focus more on acting. That was my plan. 
I moved back to Vegas and I ended up getting a flight attendant job, which is great. So now I can oh. like travel everywhere. And, uh, um, and now I actually do like travel videos. So it's still kind of artsy. So I can put my heart and soul into that. And, um, but I, remember being based, I was first based in Houston for three years and I was, I was, I finally had good health insurance. Cause you know, when you're an artist, you don't, someplace yeah. you don't really have a good health insurance. Um, <laughs> and I just went out to, to all these doctors and found out like, there was no, like literally the, you know, how you have discs in between your, your, yeah. so in between my C5, C6, C6 and C7 and C7, C8, it was like flat as a pancake my bones already had arthritis in it. And like, they were, um, the, the, the discs were bulging out into the nerves or whatever, but I found a doctor who could do stem cell surgery to where, uh, insurance would cover it, which was amazing. Cause you can't find that anywhere. That's normally like nine grand for yeah. so many cells. But, um, I ended up having, uh, nine stem cell surgeries on my neck to help. So <sighs> I remember like there was two months. It was actually when I was in Vegas in between Texas and rock of ages, I couldn't turn my head like for two months and I had to move like that. And it was so hard to drive. Like, cause I, I don't know if the car's coming and the whole back of my car is full of stuff. And oh, I mean like, Oh my God, when is this going to go away? <laughs> oh, it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I was like, so I ended up having to fix that. And then I found out about like this other heart issue, but then I got a transfer back to Vegas. Thank God. I love Vegas so much. I didn't realize how depressed I was in Houston for those three years until I moved here. I was like, man, I was really depressed over there. And it's probably, I think it has to do with the transition from dancing and doing what I absolutely love and wanting to, wanting to go to work on my days off to, and don't get me wrong. I love the airline job, but I don't want to go there on my day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to work on my day off. So it, that transition, I didn't even realize when I was going through it, that that transition is really hard and no one ever really talks about it. And I think they're coming up with some sort of groups and stuff in New York now, which I think is great. I and mean, I wish it was nationwide, but mm. that should be a thing like dancers transitioning because that was really hard. And then coming here and, figuring out, okay, I have this weird heart thing. And I actually had heart surgery last November. So oh. I didn't realize, <laughs> I thought it was just, oh, I'm just getting, you know, older. <laughs> like it's probably, yeah. everyone probably has this, but no, <laughs> that wasn't true. So now I got my heart fixed. Cause I remember doing a self tape. I was still trying to, to dance and I had to lie down after each self tape because my heart was going like super fast and it was arrhythmic. Um, so I had AFib and SVT pretty much. Oh, wow. And it was like 220 beats a minute, something crazy like that. Cause I, he, my cardiologist ended up giving me this little cardia thing. So, um, I was like, how am I going to get hired for this job? If Every time after each dance, I have to sit out, they're going to fire me. So there's no way I could get this. <laughs> so that was like, it's so frustrating, like that I couldn't, um, you know, move with energy the way that I used to because of my stupid heart, like, cause I didn't know what was going on with it. Um, 
But my electrophysiologist, who you see after your cardiologist, he was like, I can give you ablation. And I was like, yes, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> and it's actually helped. And so now I've gone back to personal training. I'm trying to like do more like energetic stuff that I, that I used to could do without even having to think about it. And now I'm like, is my heart doing that weird thing? Okay. No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> like, so like, wow. not like the neck thing, but the heart thing, it was very like depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we had talked before, like how it's just not, not, we're not prepared for it. And a lot of dancers have said, I wasn't ready if it was an injury or they felt yeah, like they I aged out. It's like, well, you're done now. There's no like, but it's interesting how um you get to a certain age and you're like oh man do I have to retire dance yeah <laughs> yeah especially if it's what dance. was gave you life because I have a physical therapist I work with I'm a massage therapist part-time teach dance oh. but how I tore my ACL and I was just like she was really aggressive of getting me to move it again but then she did something she pushed and I started crying but she said, it's, she goes, it wasn't the pain. And I didn't realize how sad I was because like, you, you know, if it's your yeah. body, this is your career. So I, she said, yeah, for dancers is emotional. So she just let it be emotional. And then I was done. I mean, I just cried. Oh. I just had just needed for someone to validate that this sucks because yeah. like, well, if I, I can't teach if I don't, and I've had two hip replacements when I went to Paris and we, did you do, you didn't do the class on the Lido stage. Did you? I was supposed to, um, but my mom had come with me and I think we ended up doing something touristy. There was so much to there's, so much crammed in there. I know. I was like, well, if they do another one, I'll I'll do it next time when I don't bring my mom with me. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I love my mom. My mom's super fun yeah. to try She likes that would to be, things. Yeah, that would be hard to try to do both because there's so much the reunion. But yeah, yeah, I had had my hip, my hip replacement was two years old, and I remember just like, I don't know if I can get up and down these stairs. And then I forgot how old I was. And I felt like I was 20 again on the stage and I was running pretty right. fast up and down. I went like your body remembers like how great that felt. And they say like, Ooh, I don't know. Should I do this? Cause when you're dancing and you're kind of feeling that coming on, like pushing through, it could really ruin your body or like, oh, totally. or like holding back is almost just as bad. So it's so hard that wisdom of when to end and yeah. somehow to have some emotional preparedness and some help during it is good. Cause then we all go off our own way. We don't leave with other dancers who are out. We all go home and then we're kind of on our own to like process yeah. that I am no longer a professional dancer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so hard to, if you hold back physically, um, you hurt mentally. And if you hold back oh. mentally, you hurt physically, or did I get that opposite? No, I think you said that just, yeah, because yeah. that resonated. Yeah. If, yeah. Like it, it's hard. Like, yeah. and I love what you said. Like it, it is emotional. Cause I remember so many times I broke down and I was just like sobbing, like, I don't understand <laughs> like what's going on with my body. Yeah. And I can't do it anymore. And it's not just the fact that you can't do it. It's also because it's like, like something that's been part of your life, your whole life is yeah. just like gone. Like, it's like, yeah. it's like dance has to die or something in your life. And I'm like, it's horrible. Yeah. As dancers, as we get older, we have to grieve dance. <laughs> or we can yeah. still do some stuff like, but it's, it's not the same. Like even with, um, I work with a personal trainer right now, trying to get, uh, my heart back in shape and in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, oh. 
oh no, I, I, I like mentally, I think I can do more than what I can because then I end up oh, hurting myself. So yeah. I have to watch it so I don't hurt myself. Because there's a part of us I can still, I was teaching. So I actually taught a showgirl combination in my studio, like on our jazz class. And I, fan kicks were always so easy. And I, you know, like, because those shows we had to kick yeah. high, like you were kicking. So I went to do a, a fan kick and for, in my mind, it was up here and I looked down and it was like knee height. And I'm like, Hey, I still feel like I I'm doing this, or I think I'm going to do a jump and I get an inch off the floor. I'm like, no, I think jumps are done. There's no, <laughs> there's just certain things like those are done, but it's my part of me, but I can still do it. I still feel like I'm that age and the crick, the cricks and cracks and all that are saying, no, honey, you're, you, right. need, you don't do those anymore. And it's hard. You're like my hip just popped. Oops. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's out. Oh my gosh. So then I was also looking when I always stalk everybody, uh, you have some amazing travel pictures. And is that just for fun? Because once you've done those shows and you get to travel, it's opened up a door that a lot of people never get to do. But it's hard to just say, okay, now because I'm not dancing, I don't get to travel. But I do see a lot of people keep that up in their life. Yeah. Well, I'm very lucky that the next step, the next job I took was as a flight attendant because that obviously allows me to travel still a lot. Um, actually, a lot more than when I was dancing, uh, to be honest, because uh, now I can just fly anywhere internationally. Well, not during COVID actually, it did take one trip during COVID. I went to Turkey, highly recommend it. Oh, those are the pictures I was, the whole plane was empty. We got upgraded to first class. Cause I listed ourselves standby first class. If it's available, we got a first class. Oh my God. Like $30 for, I'm like, this is oh like a God. dream. Like I'm sitting in first class for like 30 or a hundred bucks or something like that. Cause they, you just pay the taxes. Yeah. Um, but it, I, yeah, so that job has really opened up a lot of opportunities for me. And then during COVID I, you know, everyone's sitting at home. So, uh, I was like, what can I do? All of my jobs are kind of at a standstill. The flight attendants at a standstill, the trade shows are at a standstill, the liquor promotions are at a standstill. And I found TikTok. and I got obsessed with it and I started actually learning the cute little easy dances and I started posting them and that actually like made me so happy and then eventually I ended up doing more comedic stuff on there and now I have more travel videos on I'm like maybe this could be a thing and a year later, I now have 20,000 followers on TikTok. What? So I am like, okay, I guess people like watching this. <laughs> so I, um, I, and oh. because I have like five different niches, it's harder for me to grow fast. If I just had one, like if, if I just stuck with dance or if I just stuck with comedy, or if I just stuck with travel, I think it would be easier to grow, but I don't want to just do one niche. I want to do all of them. No, yeah. Well, that kind of lines up with your life, like everything you've done up until. Like, why would you just do one thing? Yeah. Why would you just do one when you could do a lot? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I I don't have TikTok, but I watch when they get posted on Facebook. On, and on like, oh, this is really really cool. Yeah. And it's such a great marketing thing. And I think with a pandemic, when people need something new to watch and get inspired by, or I can do this in my home, it's a it's so creative. And uh, during the pandemic, it was even more fun. Like it it was funnier. Like you scroll through your newsfeed and it's all funny or comedy stuff. Now it's getting to where a lot of businesses and business people are getting on there. And like, 
how to do this and how to do this and how to do this. And like, it, it's, it's nice, but I'm like, well, where's the funny stuff that I used yeah. to do COVID? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I know they're trying to, you know, make it their business, but I just, I want to see funny people too. <laughs> yeah. We need that now see. too. How wow. to grow your own business. I don't really want to watch that. <laughs> like, no, no. No. And then you were teaching English and to, to Chinese students, right? That's what the, Oh yeah. That's yeah. Like you've been, you've been super resourceful. That's a lot of the people I interview. They're so good at switching it up. Cause I don't know if you heard the term that was used all the time at the beginning of COVID is we have to pivot you know, like pivot your job, yeah. like pivot. We pivot. got that down. We did that on stage all the time. So oh dancers God, were like mind. finding ways to do online things or like reinvent themselves. And people that were only doing one thing were kind of stuck and, and helpless yeah. in a way. But dancers and performers like, we got it. We can do this. And like, look how many things you come up with. Dancers and, and performers are used to hustling. I really like, yeah, because you can't just sit around and not have a job when you're a starving artist. So you got to audition, work, audition, work, audition. And you, you pick up whatever and you learn like all the little jobs out there. And it definitely helped being a performer during COVID because you're just like, okay, well now what can I do? <laughs> you know, like yeah. what can I do? And you find little things that, that you can do. And it definitely goes back to that hustler kind of um, character. Yeah. of us performers <laughs> well this is we're gonna we're gonna uh come to an end and it's interesting even going to the reunion how it sparked something in me of seeing I want another hist- one let's do it again i know and Lindsay <laughs> talk, we're like Lindsay, when's the next one? Oh yeah because i think everyone i talked to just cherished it it wasn't like you know going to your high school reunion this was like magical and it yeah. made me appreciate the community you know, that we're part of the history yeah. And so with the podcast, I'm like, I want to hear all the stories. So for, for COVID, when it came about, I'm like, oh, I have the time to do it. So it gets to, it's almost performance in a weird way, but I get to connect yeah. and I love to show, show the photos of everybody with their costumes. So it keeps me tapped into that world. And I'm just curious for you, yeah. when you went to the reunion, did it, did something emerge or reemerge from being in that environment that you have kept going since then? Yeah. I re- like, I don't know how to put it into words, but it affected me deeply. No, I don't, I, mean, yeah. I don't want to be all cheesy, but no, we're all cheesy. Um, on this. All, super cheesy. Like, it totally changed my life. <laughs> it just made me realize that I was a part of something even bigger than I thought I was back when I was in the show in Jubilee. Like I didn't realize how, um, how great. I mean, I did love it. I realized it was great, but it was even bigger than that. And going to Paris made me realize this connects us all. Like you got, um, a show from, I think even Argentina or, or something there and, uh, and Paris and Jubilee. And it is just, just like, wow, I'm a part of, like, I'm so humbled and I'm so grateful to even be a part of that group in this world. And it, it's just amazing and it's such a blessing and yeah uh, I'm like thanking God every day yeah, well yeah Thank there's something the I think opportunities the opportunities that we had that we didn't realize were you know it was a span of history that didn't last forever yeah. and we got to be born at the time you know such a time as this where there's these opportunities 
But even with COVID, it felt like our worlds were so tiny. Like, okay, my, I'm going to walk from my bedroom and teach a class in my kitchen. And then I'm going to walk to my living room. And then, but it it got so big because every interview, like I'd go like, oh, I'm talking to someone in Poland today or someone in Australia that it just feels like how tiny the world has felt with COVID. It also felt like expansive because I, we, we are all connected all over the whole world. It's not even just the U S thing. It's like, there's bluebells everywhere. So I think it felt like as weird as the world feels so disjointed, it feels like there's this web of us that are, that are connected no matter what is happening of the craziness and chaos of the world. There is something that feels like this has gone on for this many years. We're going to keep going and we have a community. A legacy. A legacy. Yeah. I love it. Um, I was going to say, I forgot to mention, which I think is pretty cool. Um, the bluebell has followed me everywhere. So my high school dance team, we were actually called the bluebells. What? My high school dance team, we were the bluebells and uh, you know, my French name when I took French class was Isabella. I don't know if that counts, but I count it. Um, and then Jubilee, it was blue bells. And, uh, my mom was actually in a choir in Indiana university when she was in college and they were the blue bells. So blue, like bells have like followed me everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, Isn't that crazy? That's really cool. I have my, I moved into a house and then I think it was when I got back from the reunion that I had bluebells growing. I've never had those in my yard before this house that I moved into after Paris. And when I started the podcast, I started in May and that's when the bluebells are in bloom. I'm like, I've never paid attention. Now I'm like, I've got bluebells all over my yard. So I'm just like seeing them everywhere. It's like, yeah, we have to do it. We're, uh, we're, and then I have friends that have no idea. They think I have a gardening show because it's bluebells forever. They're like, is it about flower? I mean, I have how many times I've explained it. They see the pictures, but that we get it. We know what a bluebell yeah. is and who yeah. Miss Bluebell is and who our history comes yes. from. So when we, you're, when your episode comes out, I would love to share photos. So if any of them you want to share, because I always stock them and you've got some good Jubilee photos. And if you have any from like your cruise ship days, those are always fun to throw in there too. And so if you're okay sharing those on social media, we all love looking at people's show photos because it helps oh, yeah. us remember. And, that, and it's interesting is backstage pictures. Like, I don't know if you guys had the white towel with the blue stripe, but somebody posted that and everybody's like, oh, I remember those towels. If you oh, ever did dare take a like, shower backstage. Like to cover the costumes with? No, there was white towels. Like if you did take a oh. shower or when you were maybe doing a quick change and you might not have a robe, there were these white scratchy, really oh. cheap towels. They had a blue stripe, but it's just interesting what people see in photos. And then your memory goes, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they weren't like big enough to go around the whole body sometimes. Right. Like, and we but- were tiny people. That's like, yeah, that was so little that would... <laughs> now that would that would barely that would cover my arm um, right <laughs> remember the day that a, a little towel covered your whole body Tara thank you for doing this I loved how unique your story is the whole thing of like the starting out with the cheerleader dance team thing and and like who would have thought then that that girl's gonna end up being like this glamorous showgirl in Vegas I know I never would have thought like being a kid like I still can't believe it sometimes yeah <laughs> you gotta pinch That's myself awesome. did that make a lot <laughs> I think a lot of us are in awe of our life. Like, how did I end up getting here? How did I end up doing these things? Cause that wasn't, there was no path. Like, here's what you do if you're a dancer. So we all kind of found our weird way of getting there. And like, that's what I love. The stories is like how each person's story is so unique. Yeah. And mine, my plan wasn't to be a professional dancer when I was young. I didn't think I could do it. Like I said before. So it's amazing that like 
my, none of my plans worked out and other plans happened instead, which those, those are even better. Yeah. <laughs> even bigger and better. So it's crazy you, how life works. <laughs> what are, is it okay to say what airlines you work for or no? Uh, okay, never mind. I would prefer not to say. Okay, never mind. No. I'll just, if I'm flying, I'll just look for you, and then I'm gonna. But I'm I will ex- tell you one on one later. Okay, you can tell me because if I'm on a flight, I didn't expect you. Uh, one of the Anne Marie Anne Marie works for British Air, Airlines, so she was in Seattle and we got together. But we did a video for the opening of the Leader Day Pre, and so I asked people to send videos, and she is doing her showgirl walk down the aisle of the airplane, and it's just it's perfect because like work, you got the best runway. That's uh, a great idea. Do your show. So if I come on a flight that you're on, I'm gonna expect that. I'll bring you some feathers and have expect that. TikTok video of me doing that. There so. you go. <laughs> there's, there's, there's another one. Okay, so you take care of yourself and um until the next reunion, we'll be standing next to each other again. Do you mind if I take a oh no, that's wonderful. What a smart okay. idea. I just I'm in the dark. Wait, I can't <laughs> I can't see. There we go. I'm so dark right now. <gasps> one, two, oh! three. <laughs> just just because no um, and that's and that i will advertise the podcast too on my yeah, I think, and i'll i'll tag you when i share it and then it's fun because there's people in our life that have no idea what our life was like so sometimes it's fun for people's friends to hear from them like what like i didn't know you did that so it's kind of fun to to share it you know afterwards share too yeah. share the stories we need those told okay <laughs> take care of yourself until we meet again hopefully in Thank paris you. or somewhere else wonderful Yes, soon.